Do you like what you're hearing right now? Then be sure to check out VOC Nation. Whether it's on VOCNation.com or your favorite podcast provider, VOC Nation offers the greatest in live and on-demand content, great interviews, and incredible insight from those who have lived the business. Seven days a week, VOCNation.com. And don't forget to check us out on Twitter at VOCNation. Welcome to another edition of Bumps and Thumps, the talk of wrestling. My guest today is known as the natural born villain. He is the promoter and wrestles for the organization called Wrestling for a Cause and wrestles for Mid-States Wrestling and other independent promotions. It is my pleasure to introduce to you Mr. Tim, the natural villain Rockwell. Tim, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Hey, man, no problem. Uh, I really appreciate you reaching out and bringing me on, man. I love doing these podcasts, and the more I get to do, the more our story gets out there, and the more we get to talk about Wrestling for a Cause. Yeah, I uh, I actually, last year, about this time, actually, uh, I first saw you at Mid-States in, Har- in uh, Harrison, Arkansas. It was, the, uh, it was this, actually, the Bobby uh, Eaton Invitational. Yes, Bobby Eaton. Okay. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was my first exposure to to you and and to Mid States and all those guys. And I was just so impressed with all of you, how you guys conducted yourselves. And um, I just kept wanting to come back. And, and I have a few times when you guys are in Springfield, Missouri, and and uh, absolutely love you guys. So I am so glad you were able to come on tonight and, and, and do this podcast with us so uh appreciate it my friend appreciate it that's awesome because you know you get to see a side of me that you wouldn't get to see see it uh wrestling for a cause you know because it's a it's a different villain over there you yeah. know he's over there helping children cancer yeah. but yeah you get to really like get to see the actual natural born villain over mid-states and, and I, I love mid-states so much so it's like yeah. i just love I, I love the atmosphere just like the fans, the reaction that I can get from the fans. It's just yeah. it's amazing. Yeah, you, I'll, I'll be honest, you look like a villain when you're there. You look like one. You act like one when you're coming out into the ring and, and when you're doing your wrestling and all that. And you just, you do it beautifully. And and, it, and to me, honestly, that's kind of a lost art in the, in the, mm-hmm. in the, bigger promotions, you know, and it's kind of a lost art. And you, for me anyways, and I know for probably a lot of fans out there that uh, go to your shows, or if they haven't, they need to, that you do it old school. To me, anyways. And I know that's a missing piece today in today's wrestling. I I get a lot of flack from some of my peers because I I'm so old school, you know, and I don't do this uh, this new new school. Uh, man, not everybody can be the same. Not everybody's going to do the same. And I I decided that I wanted to continue doing what like what you said is a lost art in professional wrestling, mm-hmm. and that's not just the character, but the storytelling itself, mm-hmm. you know, because like that's how I've always based my entire characters off is I've got to emotionally adapt to this crowd. Right. I got to figure out how to get the crowd to believe that I am really 
this guy. Mm-hmm. And and I, I feel like I do a really good job at that. Yeah. And and uh that 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 ain't just a lost art in the big time, but it's a lost art right in the indie indie scenes because everybody wants to be the cool bad guy. Yeah. They want to be the Hall and Nash. You know what I mean? I don't, man. I, I want to be I, I want to be the natural born villain. Like I, I I want people to boo me, hate me. I'm going to shake your hand if you buy my merchandise 100% every time because I'm just a good customer service uh, yeah. like that. But but it, in the end, when I walk through that curtain, if you're cheering me, you're going to be booing me by the end of the night because yeah. that, that's, that's my job. That's my job. And that's how I, I like to portray it because I want people to not really hate me, but for the moment, really, right. really hate me. You know, so like, I, I appreciate that. That that means a lot. Uh, saying saying those things like that because I feel like storytelling and, and, and that character of a bad guy. It's a lost art. It's old mm-hmm. school, and yeah. and I feel like old school. There's still there's still a place for old school and professional mm-hmm. wrestling, even though we've evolved. There's always going to be a spot for old school, in my opinion. Sure, not a whole, whole card. I get it, yeah. but. I mean, you could say that, but you go look at mid states, man. They're putting on a phenomenal shows, and it's all old school. So, I mean, yeah. hey. No, I I agree. Uh, you know, when I saw you, like I said last year, it was uh, amazing. I was like, oh my goodness, I haven't seen this type of uh, wrestling show in years, and. You know, I've I've been to a lot. I've been to indies. I've been to the WWE events, the AEW events, and and I, I mean, I just can't say enough about not just mid states. I, I follow wrestling for a cause. I haven't been to a show yet. I plan on getting to one soon. Um, but you know, it's just a lost art to me. And in fact, I uh, I talked to Jason Jones couple weeks back when he was in uh we were at the cauliflower alley club reunion he happened to he was there too and i was talking about that i'll be be there next year all right good good i'll be there next good 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 i'm i'm really excited about you guys and what you guys are doing so what i want to get into now if we could a little bit is talk about growing up where are you from originally growing up uh kind of your childhood things like that how you got into wrestling all right, we'll strap in the seatbelt, man, and let's do this. So, um, <laughs> I I grew up I grew up here uh, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Okay. Uh, I moved around quite a bit. Um, I lived with my dad for the most part, and then I would go with my mom on the weekends. And the cool part about going with my mom is she was uh, married to this guy Robert, uh, who was my stepfather my entire life until recently when he passed but he so happened his sister it's crazy his sister was married to a wrestling promoter oh okay and uh they had had, so they had their own wrestling promotion so every saturday night my my stepdad and my mom would let me go with my aunt wrestling from i this is probably uh, from the night about 1990 to 93 or so, 94, 95 in that area. Mm-hmm. I went every Saturday, sat pretty much next to the same people every time, man. And it, it was, it was like a time of my life. And, and I knew 
I knew when I was going there, I was like, this is what I want to be. I didn't know I was going to be a wrestling promoter. Yeah. I knew I was going to be a wrestling professional wrestler. I had to figure out how to do it. So, you know, I'd always talk to my dad. My dad did not care. He's like, if you want to be a pro wrestler, go be a pro wrestler. You want to be a clown, be a clown. I don't care. <laughs> do something with your life. Be something that you want, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I, I had this weird obsession with clowns. When I, Everybody was scared of clowns. I loved clowns. Like, <laughs> clowns are just, which is why I'm a huge Joker fan, yada, yeah. yada, yada, you know? Yeah. So, but um, uh, I, uh, I went every time I watched them set up. I watched them work their matches. I watched them go over their matches. I saw it all, man. And I still thought it was real. Yeah. Still thought it was real. I was smartened up later, later as I got older into a team because I, I told Monk Graham, I said, I want to do this. I want to be a professional wrestler. I want to do this. And he said, you know, I, I, I had to graduate high school. That was a, that yeah. was a big deal between my dad, my mom, everybody. Graduate high school, you can be whatever pro wrestler you want. So, in the process, I started doing like amateur wrestling and stuff like that. I did like I, I wrestled for like three years. Uh, most of my sports I stopped doing in tenth grade because I got into like smoking weed and doing all. I thought well, I thought I was doing the cool stuff with the cool kids and yeah. pretty much ruined my baseball career, which I had basically a scholarship to play baseball for, and I chose marijuana over it so uh Sorry so, but 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 i would have never became a professional wrestler i would never start wfc if i'd have done all that none of this would have ever happened yeah. so i look at it like hey, i was supposed to something like that was supposed to have may not have to do with marijuana or anything but something yeah. like that was supposed to happen in my life but so you know i uh i i just I, f- I finished high school. My dad had a heart, major heart attack uh, at oh. like oh, 47, I want to say. that He was 47. He had a major heart attack. And the main thing he really wanted was me to graduate high school. Yeah. Graduate high school. Please graduate high school. So I, I went back to school. I graduated high school. I uh, got my diploma. Um, my dad kicked me out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> my dad kicked me out of the house uh because you know i was just i was just doing teenage stupid stuff coming yeah. home late uh drinking you know stuff that teenagers shouldn't be doing but did anyways in the right. 90s and early 2000s um so i ended up moving in with my mom uh down in uh grapevine texas then we moved up to uh, league city texas houston texas dallas lived all in that area a little bit mm-hmm. then i moved back my mom moved back and the moment we moved back, I told her I was going to, uh, I wanted to go to wrestling school. Mm-hmm. I, wanted, I wanted to become a professional wrestler. Uh, now, uh, there was like two years of my life that there was no wrestling in my life, no raw, no, none of that, because yeah. like, I was just, I was out of the loop, you know? And then I started getting back into it. And I told myself like, my dream is to be a professional wrestler. It was never to be a baseball player, or football player. I love watching sports and everything, but like, yeah. My dream has always been a professional wrestler. That ever since I was two years old, that's what I said. I wanted to be was a pro wrestler. Every time in school, but you say, "Hey, at the end of the year, you had to fill out what you was going to be." And every single time, it was a professional wrestler. You know, I remember, I remember I was like in the eleventh grade filling that out, and they're like, "Dude, don't you think you're a little bit old?" And they're like, actually, I'm not old enough to be a pro wrestler. That's the problem. <laughs> 
you know yeah. even now I'm, I'm 30 now and 39 they're like aren't you a little old to be a pro wrestler like no actually i'm in my prime <laughs> right. to be honest yeah uh so um anyways uh i uh graduated high school i mean I'm, I'm living with my mom uh, my mom's giving me her vehicle to go to training school which was in tulsa and we was living in owasso which is like about 25 miles apart where, okay. where i was training at so uh i me and my uncle bernie my uncle bernie was a wrestler uh at the time he was retired he uh took me to the school steel race pro wrestling school which was being ran uh, by dexter hardaway and i started training there uh met actually some of my friends that i have today um met my friend that we just recently did a memorial show jake uh, jake mccoy that's where i met jake at okay. he was already a wrestler so i went through the train I, I trained um monday tuesday wednesday thursday every okay. week monday cool. tuesday wednesday, thursday and sometimes saturdays when we had to set up for a show but every week i never missed a week i trained for i think it was six months if i'm mistaken but four days a week yeah. before they put me in the show and then I continued training after that. But then they put me in the show and this is 2004. Okay. So here I am. I started training in early, late 2003 and here it is 2004 and I'm being put in a match. And I tell <laughs> my entire family, tell my entire family about it. Everybody, everybody, come on, come out, come out. Tickets were five bucks. Yeah. Get it in at the time, you know? Everybody, come out, come out, come out, come out, come out, dude. We pulled in like, oh, my God, I had so many people. So I was so over, like, yeah. just freaking like the most over guy on the roster at the time. And I'm just in a battle royal as a rookie, you know. And, <laughs> and I went into battle royal. Uh, I think they played a little favorite today. He brought the crowd, let him win. Uh, <laughs> ended up winning the battle royal. Ended up winning the battle royal. And um, it, the adrenaline I got that night was – the something I never had in my entire life. Yeah. Like, wow, that was cool. So that was, that was the start of where I was headed to become a professional wrestler. Like I've been around professional wrestling my entire life, mm -hmm. but yeah. I've never been in it. Now I'm actually in that business, you know? And, yeah. and at this time, my uncle, my uncle Raymond, who had owned the wrestling federation when I was a kid was the, uh, cameraman because he was putting together the tv show for him okay. so like he was there so he was the, oh no, no no i'm sorry i'm sorry no he was the manager of the bad guy stable that was beating me up <laughs> and, and he was doing the camera work and all that stuff you know so yeah uh so so that was like a, and my, my other uncle bernie was a part of that same stable they're like new texas outlaws and they beat me up and it was like, it was surreal because I grew up watching these guys. Now they're beating me up, uh, <laughs> ended up going to with them. And, um, I didn't really start getting better until like, uh, cause like four or five years in, cause the first three years I was, I was very spotty, you know, yeah. let's do spot, 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 spot. And then it, it was like, finally one day it clicked. Yeah. There, that's cool. You're doing too much. Slow it down, bud. Yeah. Slow it down, man. Yeah. So I start. I started doing seminars. Started talking to legends, you know, like Trevor Murdoch and yeah. guys like that. And they, they like, you know, like I did like a Ricky Steamboat um, seminar and like 
they taught me the things that I was missing in professional wrestling. The things like like I was there, but I wasn't getting it. It right. wasn't clicking. And then you know, once once I understood the hey, there's a story to every match. There's a story to everything. Yeah. Utilize storytelling. Utilize psychology. And utilize not being so much of a spot monkey, uh, mm-hmm. which I again just You're right. not my no. cup no. of tea. Yeah, not my cup of tea. So I just I started focusing on storytelling. So I'd go back and I'd watch like Ole Anderson, Arn Anderson. I, I, I'd watch everything I, I could get my hand on, yeah. and watch the psychology, watch the movement, learn everything. So. I started, so then I picked up and started doing this Texas gimmick. Mm-hmm. My uncle and them were, were doing it. So I'm doing this Texas gimmick. And then uh, about 2012, I decided that I needed to change. I need something different. Like I'm evolving as a wrestler. I'm becoming better. Yeah. So uh, I, 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 I was watching that movie, uh, Natural Born Killers. Ah. And I, that's a, such a cool name. I would love that name. Yeah. <laughs> but what? I can't be a natural killer. And then I remember we they had the natural born thrillers and uh thrillers. What was that? WCW natural born thrillers. I yeah, I believe so. Yeah, that sounds right. Something like that. Oh, uh, and I was uh, and then I, I was like wanting to do a villain character because I was wanting to I was wanting to take bits of my favorite villains and kind of create a character behind it. Yeah, and I'm like the natural born villain and then my buddy john cross is like dude that would be a great stable so we kind of started a stable with it uh-huh. and then i was like well since we ain't gonna do that with the stable i want to continue being the natural born villain so i i started becoming the, and by the way this is before marty scroll um that's right yeah <laughs> um i just financially wasn't there like he was um right but i think i, I think i won that one um yeah. So I I started thinking like, okay, how do I do this? So I was, I was like, okay, I'm gonna be this feeling I'm gonna wear black and purple and try to be like a William Regal style feeling, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't work. I was like, okay. So then I moved to the black and white. Like, okay. Then I started donning like a little mask for my entrance. Yeah. Like, okay. Then I wore like leather vest or not, sorry, a leather jacket like Negan. Like okay, I was like, ah, it's too much Negan, so I had to throw the vest away. So then I, then I switched it up to like, um, my buddy of mine said, dude, you should wear like a hooded vest, not like AJ Styles, but like a hooded vest. Yeah. Like, okay. So I got the hooded vest, ended up getting like new gear to match. It was like red and black. Mm-hmm. Then I took like pieces from my old gear and I started putting it on the vest, you know, like logos, and I ended up getting like this natural born and putting it on the hood. So when I came out. It said natural born, you know, yeah. and that's what, so that's when I started wearing a vest and then I was like, so I started taking like bits and pieces. I started taking pieces, pieces from Negan, pieces from Joker, you know, and just pieces from like, uh, like bad guys from the eighties. Yeah. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get a three foot uh, crowbar. I'm going to paint it black and, uh, uh, or I'm going to paint it red and black. I'm going to call it Shirley and it's going to be my <laughs> best friend. But what's going to get me by and, and, and I could blame all my, all my bad doings on Shirley. It wasn't me that hit you. Shirley that hit you, you know, and, and like it got to the point where like fans were like chanting Shirley, Shirley, yeah. you know, or, or fans were like, 
calling it my girlfriend or whatever. And, and, and I, was, I was like, you're hurting her feelings, you know? And like, <laughs> yeah. so it's a crowbar. It doesn't have feelings. I was like, touch it. It's like, it's cold. I said, that's a feeling, jackass. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's just, I love it, man. It, yeah. it, it, it's, it's, it's really cool. So it's like, yeah. it, it's crazy. And I try to evolve it every time. Try to do something different, you know, because yeah. it's like, and now I'm balanced between a good guy and bad guy. Good guy, but in Oklahoma, you're a good guy. Yeah, I saw you're a bad guy. You know? That's the so good it's thing. It's good because it's kind of like during the time of the territories, you know, the kayfabe, where you're kind of far enough apart. I know social media is a little more. Yeah, but I mean, you could play that good guy wrestling for a cause in Oklahoma, and. Mm. Uh, and then you drive to Springfield or or Harrison mm-hmm. or wherever, which is, you know, a few hundred miles. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. got a few hundred miles. And, you know, unless they're following every move you're doing, they're probably not going to, you know. I mean, I didn't know it until I just started doing some digging. I thought you were a bad guy all the time, a, a, a heel. Because you, yeah. you do it, and I know I keep saying this, but it's so true. You do it so well. You look the part. You, you, when you come out there and you, you, you do the stomping and all that stuff at the ringside, you know, and you slap the mat when something yeah, doesn't yeah. go your partner's way that's in the ring, uh, you, you just have all that natural, I guess, believability. Born. Yeah, villainous yeah. and believability of that. Okay, this guy is really, you know, ticked off, upset. Um, you know, when, like, you had a, the last one, I believe you had somebody you were, went to the ring with, and they were getting pounced around, and you'd be on the side slapping the mat, and I, I just enjoy that, because you don't see that anymore, and very rarely, and I just, yeah, I just enjoy it, and, uh, yeah, I can't say enough about it, I know I'm, I'm kind of harping on it, I'll get no, off the no, box. No. No, 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 but but that's one of the like I said, that's one of the main things. Is, is, is it's good to for one talk about, yeah. and one like 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 those are the things that some people don't realize. That's what's missing in pro wrestling mm. until they see it. You know, yeah. just like you, you know, you didn't realize, hey, that's missing. Like, wow, that is missing from a lot of guys when you when you break it down. Yeah. So like so it it totally like, like it, it's good to know that it's noticed by other people because yeah. like, you know, uh, we're, 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 we're in an era now where you, you don't get put over by the boys anymore, you know? So, yeah. so like you have to work what the fans think. And that, that's, what's important to me is what the fans think. Like, yeah. I don't care if Bob Thornton in the back didn't like my match. I want to know the guy that paid $25 for the ticket, what he thought of that match, you know? Yeah. And yeah. that's what means that's what matters to me. Yeah. And you, you know, I, I, I think you guys are, you, uh, and you're the whole group down there at mid States. Like I said, they're all, they're all, they're, they're, uh, all, they're all on cylinder. They're, they're running on all cylinders to me. Um, you know, I talked to uh, Johnny dynamite about a month ago, a month and a half, maybe. Hey uh, there, huh? Yeah. I had him, your, your arch, your, your, you're going to be your tag team partner here in a couple weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I'm and, cool with him now. I'm good. Yeah. You're good with him now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But yeah, and it's the same thing, you know. How old he is, you know, he's very young, but he's yeah. very good at what he's doing. So he's 
he's learned the fundamentals. He's got it down good. And, and that's the great thing about, uh, from what I see from mid States and, and, and wrestling for causes that you guys aren't just wrestling. You're, you're telling a story, you're mentoring guys that are young and, and, and getting that back into where it should be. And, and that's, to me, and I know I keep harping on this on my soapbox, but it's just the missing piece today to me. You know, I watched three it hours of, of Raw, and most of it's they're in the ring talking about whatever, and then you get a match for like five minutes where the storytelling should be the match and not you talking on the mic for 15 minutes. I don't know. That's just me, but. That's the difference between mainstream and indie wrestling, though, yeah. you know. Indie wrestling, you know, like in mid-states, you're barely going to get a promo. You're lucky if anybody even gets on the microphone in mid-states. Right. Um, but that's the old-school mentality of right. Jason Jones, you know. Yeah. Um, my, my place, we have a TV show, so there's a few promos here and there. But every time, you're guaranteed leaving with six or seven matches, you know. So, right. uh yeah, yeah, I, that, I think that's a lot, lot big difference in between like WWE, AEW, and indie wrestling. You know, is indie wrestling, well, AEW, they're going to give you a lot of matches. Uh, they are. But uh, uh, WWE is going to give you more storytelling uh, to keep you, you know, keep you following, keep you updated. Like I'd say right now, WWE is the best spin probably that I can remember because I'm invested, you know. Yeah. Uh, but but that that's not saying a whole lot, you know. Um, I'm, I'm more invested in indie wrestling. So that's where I'm at. Well, that and two, it's to me, it's one, it's ch- cheaper to buy a ticket. You know, you can pay 20 bucks, you're in the ringside. And yeah. you get to interact with the guys, men and women, you know, mm-hmm. before the match, during intermission, at the end of the show, you know, you can go up and say hi or whatever, talk to him for a few minutes, heal or baby face, doesn't really matter. And they're going to give you the time. Mm-hmm. And, and I, and I get, you know, they're the big time, you know, they don't have a lot of time to hang out or whatever, but it's just kind of to me, like you're paying all this I, money. I, I yeah. feel like that's bull crap because I feel like they should make the time. Yeah, you, you're right. I mean, they're making like, a like, lot of money. They're, they're, we're, we're I'm I'm gonna say we're because we're the reason that they're there. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that hey, we pay your uh, paycheck, sir. No, no, not at all, not at all, not at all. But like I feel like if you're gonna take your time out of your life to come watch me perform, mm-hmm. I'm gonna take time out of my life mm-hmm. to thank you. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. that's all it is a simple thank you, thank you, thank you, yeah, thank you. Here's an autograph. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I, I totally understand. I wanted to ask you, uh, interaction with other wrestlers and promoters. Have you ever worked in WWE or AEW or any of those impacts uh, for any so, period of time? Uh, see, in 2006 and 2007, I did two, uh, two things with the, uh, WWE, but they were, uh, they were paid, but nothing on TV. I was backstage, um, worked out with them and all that, but nothing, uh, nothing majorly. Uh, I have worked uh, a few names here and there, uh, a few legends. Um, um, I've worked 
bigger legends and bigger guys that's been in this business mm-hmm. uh, and I've learned from them uh I'm I've I've lost that dream of ever wanting to be a WWE wrestler a long time ago yeah. like when I started WFC like I knew my WrestleMania moments were going to be right here at wrestling for a cause yeah. like those, those those are my those are my moments you know yeah. those are the things because I get I get for two and a half hours, uh-huh. I get to take this child that's fighting cancer, right? Mm-hmm. And I get them to forget cancer exists. Yeah. For two and a half hours, they get to escape reality mm-hmm. and be a fan, jump up and down, have fun. Yeah. And then they can go home and then they're back to reality. But yeah. like that, those are the moments, like, nothing, nothing nothing's bigger than that like yeah. he, I, you could put me in uh, the sidekick of Bray Wyatt for all I care that wouldn't be as big as what what I do at wrestling for a cause you know like we've been, we've been going strong for 11 years you know close to $200,000 raised you know and, and now that and now we're at a point now that we're, we're getting ready to take off because now we we got corporate sponsors getting involved now. Yeah. Uh, we got we got uh, other nonprofits getting involved. We're getting ready to be full five hundred one c three. So now that we we'll get like government funding and grants, you know, like oh, everything great. we need. You know, uh, we we started a relationship. We started a relationship with EC three, and we're pretty uh, pretty doing pretty good with EC three right now. And yeah. uh, James Storm, it loves what we're doing. He's spreading the word about wrestling for a cause. So. And we got, you know, we got a few more big shows coming up. Uh, in, yeah. Like, I think we got a big one coming up in February. Then we got Stravis Slams of Two coming up in August. So, like, and I, I'm trying to make, and each year I'm going to make them bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. And, 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 like, like we, we were a small, small company that started from doing, like, one show a year, six shows a year, to 12 shows a year. Now we're, like, 24, 26 shows a year, oh, you know, wow. like. Great. It's like it's just like it's just growing and growing and growing and getting bigger and yeah. and like it's it's awesome because like we got the like the most amazing people you could be around for twelve hours a day or right, right there wrestling for a cause. Mm-hmm. We got some of the coolest, 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 most awesome people because they care about the cause. They yeah. show up early. They they help set up. They're they're there all day. They take a little lunch break. They come back. They hang out. We put on a great wrestling show. Yeah. They're there. They stick around. They tear down. You know, it's like it's a huge family. And then you know, yeah. and it's it's just a family business. Cause, you know, I got my wife. She runs the kitchen and concession area. You know, okay, and, great. Uh, my mom, my mom before she got cancer, she was running the front door. My sister works there. You know, so it's like. Uh, my kid helps out every now and then, but not often. But yeah, so it's like everybody else, their family to me, like I like, yeah. like the entire family, and, and that's what it takes to yeah. to continue your success, you know. Yeah. Uh, but that's wrestling for a cause, man. It's it, it's such a great, awesome place to be. I wanted to ask you about wrestling for a cause. What I guess what made you want to start a promotion for? you know, fighting cancer, um, and talk a little bit, if you would, about, you know, you talk about some corporate sponsors and stuff, but really how you got it off the ground, I guess, is what I'm trying to find out, is how you got it off the ground and, and uh, all that. Okay, so um, I was uh, on Facebook, uh, 
I had saw something on this um, radio station's uh, Facebook group. And there's this guy named Tom talking about trying to raise money for this little boy named Ryder who was fighting uh, stage four brain cancer. Okay. And I was like, man, I don't, I don't know what I could do to help. Maybe we can do a pro wrestling benefit show. Yeah. He's like, I'm in. So I reached out to Compound and Mike and uh, Steerwalt and all them, and I talked them into, you know, renting me the stuff and let's 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 do a show for this little boy. So we did uh, our first show uh, October 21st, 2011, with Compound. Okay. It was the first wrestling for cost show, and we raised oh. Uh, I want to say like 1800 bucks that show. And I'm like, okay. that's pretty cool. We could raise yeah. money like that. Uh, but then I ended up becoming real good friends with Ryder, you know, so I'd always hang out with Ryder. We'd wrestle around and all that. Yeah. Um, then uh, I ended up doing another show the following year in 2012 for this little girl named Chelsea Brooke, which was Jake McCoy's very last show that he had ever done. Um, Cause he ended up retiring. And then, um, we raised oh, I'd say thirteen hundred maybe. We didn't have many that many auction items. Okay. Uh, like thirteen hundred bucks. And the dad was so freaking happy, but Chelsea Brooks ended up passing away like a mm. few days before the event. Mm. Uh, and then two thousand thirteen rolled around, more families were interested. Hey, how do we how do we do get this happen? So I found the Wasser Sertoma Center and we started running there. Mm-hmm. Uh, more and uh, started helping more families. And I think the time I got to the fifth family, Ryder had passed away. So, like, it put a big drop in, like, if I even wanted to do pro wrestling anymore or if I even went to these benefits anymore because, like, I can't handle this, you know. And yeah. uh, Shirley, which that's what my, my, my crowbar is named after, Shirley, which is Ryder's grandmother, showed up at my house one day. Okay. She's like, this is your calling, like, 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 you're, you're meant to help these children. Oh, hello, you're, this is this is what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Don't give up just because we lost Ryder. Like, continue his legacy. So I continued and I kept it going and I kept it going and then more people got interested, more families got interested. So we continued just rolling with it and then we started like a not for profit. And became not for profit, and then uh, we never financially could make it to the not the 501c3 part. So we started kind of piggybacking off other 501c3s because they're like, "Hey, just piggyback off us, get you off your feet." So we're trying, 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 and then um, we it just like it just kept getting bigger and bigger, more families, uh, mm-hmm. more, not just families, but causes like other people needed help. Uh, like we'd even do a fundraiser for a baseball team, you know, okay. uh, people would do fundraisers. For, people would do fundraisers for us so we could have cool things, you know, like, yeah. uh, I had a buddy that, uh, my, one of my buddies did a softball tournament for us so we could get a sound system, you know, yeah. uh, then, then, uh, we had this, uh, company in the uk that donated uh the very first wfc championship well not the first one the hometown heroes championship we brought over from another company mm-hmm. from kansas but the uh, wfc championship it was like it was a two thousand dollar belt donated to us wow because of the cause you know yeah wow 
Then a buddy did another softball tournament, raised 1300 and uh, the dude ended up making us tag belts for 1300 And then, so, you know, like, it just kept going. And then, like, yeah. we would – any any profit we would make would go, like, into the company, but we always paid out to the family. And we only made our profit, like, off T-shirts. So all the ticket sales and the auction items and all that, we gave straight to the family, yeah. send them a check or – cash that night or whatever and i tried to send him a check that way it could be noted you know and tax right. purpose um so it's like it just one of those things that that, that when everybody gets behind something really really awesome yeah. it becomes something big you know yeah. and now now it's at at the point now that it's like i got corporate sponsors wanting to make us like a household name, you know, right here in Tulsa, yeah. like not so much on a national level, but on right. a local level. Yeah. Like year, year round entertainment, like, like they're wanting to get us the right funding, building everything we can get, you know, and sure it yeah. could be pipe dreams. We don't know, but, but this guy, this is what he does. He takes, he takes small nonprofits to make some 501c3s, you know, so yeah. that's what they do, you know? Yeah. Um, so like, like just, I just, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to take WFC to another level because we, yeah. we, we've done things Tulsa Drillers now, uh, Tulsa Oilers, you know, and yeah. uh, Fari Joes, and now that we've got Travis Slams, uh, like I'm just trying to do things that isn't being done right here in Oklahoma. Yeah. Trying to create a different atmosphere, but time yeah. raise money for families and help families out yeah. while putting on one of the best products that you can see, especially right good spots. They hate me, but there's a few good spots. I'll give them credit. Uh, but uh, <laughs> um, it's uh, it's just one of those things, man, that, that yeah. you got to worry about yourself, you know, and, and and that's how I made WFC what it is today. Yeah. Not just me. I don't, I don't want to ever say I'm taking all the credit. Right. It takes an entire team. Right. It takes a business partner. It takes, it takes the wrestlers, the staff, mm-hmm. everything it takes. Yeah. And, and that's the reason why we are who we are and why we continue doing what we're doing for 11 years, you know? Yeah, no, it's, it sounds like a great organization. I actually did some reading on it today uh, before we came on and it sounds like just a great organization. It sounds like what the big promotions would, was doing in the seventies and into the mid eighties, you know, I would, uh, watch back in the day, like the American Wrestling Association, they do these fundraisers, wrestling for a cure for muscular dystrophy. The mm-hmm. WWF back in the 70s would do shows for diabetes for kids, you know, and kids, uh, yeah. things like that. And you just don't see, I mean, you know, WWE does uh, Connor's Cure, uh, things like that. But I mean, it's not at a local level. It's not a for a specific, you know, organization. Yeah, it, it's it's for like basically, it's for a cure. You know what I mean? I'm trying mm-hmm. to find a cure for childhood cancer. Ours impacts families, like right. as in we donate to the family that we're right. doing the show for, right. not for not the uh, you know American Cancer Society who will give them a dollar of every thousand dollars raised. You know, something like yeah. that. Yeah. I want them to walk away with what they can. And that, whether that be 500, 1500, 2000, 13,000, 
what we can raise. That, 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 that's our goal, you know. And yeah. and and if we get corporate sponsors, then that uh, we're we're, we're going to we're going to take this a lot further, and, and these families are going to walk away with a lot a lot yeah. of money. And and that's my goal. That's yeah. my goal. Yeah. Well, it sounds great. And like from what you've told me, you've overcome some adversity in your life. And from going from what you went through as a as a adolescent and a young adult, you know, you should commend yourself for what you have done. Um, and people that are watching this or listening, if, you know, take note of this, you can change yourself if you want to and make yeah. yourself a better person, uh, the person that you want to be. So, I mean, kudos to you, my friend. I uh, I have a lot more respect for you. Uh, just talking to you this last what, 45 minutes, and uh, I just got a couple more questions. Um, I know it. Okay, so my question is, we're going to kind of go back to wrestling. Uh, have you? Who's been one of your favorite people to work with, either in the ring against them or? a tag team partner or whatever, who's been one of your favorite guys or male or female that you've worked with that comes to mind for you that you just flowed well? Um, Jason Jones is one of them. Okay. Uh, I, I could, I've been wrestling Jason Jones for 20 years, man. Yeah. Like we've, like he was one of my top, well, let's see, first 10 matches in my rookie year, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so like, yeah, I've, I've been wrestling Jason for a long time and, and there's this guy named Justin Lee out of Tulsa, Broken yeah. Arrow, I guess, Broken Arrow Bad Boy, I guess it could be that. Uh, I've been wrestling him, another guy I've been wrestling for probably about 15 to 16 years, you know? Yes. And uh, I've had a few other guys that I can go out there and just say, say it's amazing time, but Right now, the most fun I'm having right now is with my buddy Alex Royal. Like, we're the Rock and Royal Express, you know. So, <laughs> so it's, uh, it's just we're I'm we're having a time of our lives because it's like he's his character, I'm my character, yeah. And we're ourselves out there, and we're I'm having a time of my life doing things with yeah. him. So, like, I'd have to say that, but like, I don't I don't really like have like. I guess like I, I I base myself like off moments, you know, like yeah. favorite moments. Like like I can't say that. Hey, what's my favorite match or any of that? Cause, like I I don't know. I I just I try to create moments. Yeah, that's all I've ever do. You yeah. know, like just create freaking moments to remember because that's what people remember or moments, not the matches. You know, mm. uh, I we you and I could talk about Dusty and Flair all all all. all all night long, and right. what we're going to do is we're going to talk about moments that they had, not matches that they had, right. you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, but like, uh, everybody that I'm around right now, I, I love the death, and, and I'm having a time of my life with them. Uh, some of them, I feel like, uh, aren't there to, uh, for the cause. They're more or less there for their ego, which, I mean, I guess I, I can't be mad about that. They're still putting in their time and they're still giving me their all yeah. for the cause. And I can't like, I can't blame someone not being down with the cause. Uh, it doesn't make you a bad person. Yeah. Um, 
what makes you a bad person is when you go out and you spread lies about the cause or lies about the promoters and stuff. That's what makes you a bad person, but not like being down with the cause that, that, that doesn't affect like, like matter of fact, uh, Dutch Hagen, a buddy of mine, Dutch Hagen, he wrestled for me. He's wrestled for me since day one. Mm-hmm. And he straight up told me, Hey man, I can't go to the hospitals. I I, I can't, man. Like I, I physically, I can't pull it off. Like, like, like I don't have it in me to see them like that because I couldn't imagine my children like that, you know? And I'm the complete opposite because I think of what if my child was there? Yeah. I want someone like me showing up and showing my child a little bit of love or, or helping my child out. Yeah. So, so like, so it's it, it, it's a little different because like just like right now it's it's like everybody I'm around is a yeah. blessing to be around. Yeah. You know. So. Understand that. Yeah. It's it sounds like a great organization. A lot of great talent. Okay. One question, and you don't have to say a name or anything, but I just wanted to know. Sometimes I get no. Have you ever had heat with anybody? outside of the ring that you've worked with like for real and but maybe it got resolved later or it hasn't um yeah i've had, I've had a few like i think more people have heat with me than i have with them uh <laughs> because i have this passion for professional wrestling that they don't yeah and i look at professional wrestling different than they look at uh, it's a playground to them. It's work to me. Right. Uh, it's real life to me. It's a fake life to them. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. like I'm 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 cut from a different cloth than everybody else. Yeah. And uh, if we're cut from the same cloth, I'm cut a little bit different. So uh, so like so I've had heat like 20 years. Of course I've had heat. Yeah. Um, but all my all my heat I've ever had has been resolved with a friendly handshake or a friendly conversation. Okay. Uh, nothing's ever led to someone getting their ass whooped or yeah. any of that because, like, it's not that damn serious. Um, right. Uh, there's a few guys right now, like, out there that uh, I get wind that they're running my name to the mud talking about me. But I'm not going to give them the time of day, mention who they are, or worry about what they're saying because, right. like, that's what I'm going to have to deal with my entire life is yeah. uh, jealousy. Yeah. Uh, people they'll they'll spread things about you to make you look bad so they look better um and and that's okay you know it's okay because like uh in the long run a karma b (laughs) the truth comes out yeah and c tim rockwell takes note and screenshots of everything he's ever done (laughs) so i got proof anyways but literally more people probably have heat with me than i have with them i as of right now I don't hate nobody. I don't have yeah. no heat with nobody. I think everybody, uh, not not everybody deserves to be in professional wrestling. I will never, ever, ever, ever say that because I feel like professional wrestling isn't for everybody. Right. But it's you. It's watchable for everybody. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not saying just because you can't make it as a pro wrestler that you don't have a spot in the professional wrestling business. Right. I'm 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 a different beast. So so people um uh, uh, so people will uh, will uh hate you for doing good 
or you could do a million good things in the world and they just hate you for the one bad thing you did, you yeah. know? So you got to live with it, man. That's, that's part of the wrestling business, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you're doing a lot of good things right now, especially with your promotion and all the work you're doing. Um, it, it, I, I, it's opinions of guys like you that matter to me. That, well, that's I what appreciate matters that. Me. You know, I, I couldn't be a professional wrestler. One, I'm too dang old. And two, uh, if I was involved in the business other than this, I'd probably have to be like a ref or a manager. That's about my level I could be at right now. <laughs> so, or you could be like backstage help, you know? Like, oh yeah, or I can sub right. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. there's always a spot for somebody in professional wrestling. I just yeah. want them to know that you know, like it just it isn't always in the ring, you right? Know? And yeah. sometimes it's a it's a lot funner outside the ring because mm. when you turn 50 to 60, you don't have a bad hip. You don't have none of that bad stuff. You know what I mean? Because, but you was around it and you had fun, you know? Yeah. And that's yeah. what I tried to explain to people. And then people think I'm a bad guy. Cause I'm like, Oh, he doesn't want me to be a pro wrestler. No, I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm saying if pro wrestling doesn't work out for you, yeah. this is what you can't do. Yeah. yeah. So like misunderstanding, misunderstanding. I get it. I get it. No. Yeah. All right. One more question. What are you doing? What are you doing now? I know you got a show coming up. Let's talk about that a little bit. Well, let's see. Uh, actually, this Saturday I'll be in Harrison, Arkansas. Are you gonna be there? Uh, probably not Whoa. this Saturday. Sorry, I'll be the one in Springfield in November. Okay. Okay, I'll be there in Springfield. Uh, are you from the Springfield area? Yeah, I live outside of Bolivar, Missouri, so it's about okay. forty-five minute drive okay. to there. So I will be at the okay. one in Springfield on November twelfth. November 12th. All right. I will be there. But anyways, uh, I'll be uh, in Harrison, Arkansas this Saturday. Uh, the following weekend is going to be WFC's 11-year anniversary show in Tulsa at the Hope Center Arena, um, uh, where we have six huge, huge matches, one of them being a 10-man tag match where it's uh, my uh, my uh, presidency versus Richard Pierce's directorship. So if he beats me, He's president of WFC. If I beat him, he's gone. Um, I got, of course, I got, I got a few more dates coming up. I got, yeah. I got November seventh. I got Matt Cardona and a few of those other guys coming in. Okay, uh, good. November, November nineteenth, we're doing a benefit for this little girl with cancer named Ava and Wagner. Okay. Um, December tenth, we're doing a. Or December third, I'll be back in Harrison. November twelfth, I'll be in. Springfield, and then December tenth uh, was thankfully going to be my last wrestling show of the year. So I spent some time with your family. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's going to be a WFC Christmas show. Yeah. Do a huge Christmas show for the children and everything. So, and then. Uh, 2023 is going to be the big event, man. It's going to be huge. I mean, that's that's what we're doing, man. That's that's that's, that's WFC. I mean, yeah. wrestling from in states. I'm, I'm trying to slow my wrestling down a little bit, you know, yeah. but yeah. I can't. I can't. I just got to keep going, man. Got to keep going while I can do it, man. Yes. Understand. So the Tulsa event, October 22nd. Uh, I want to mention that because, uh, you know, that's a big event for you guys. And, uh, uh, that's going to be great. I'm looking. For, I'm looking forward to the show in, in November 12th in uh, Springfield with Mid States, and yeah. uh, 
like I said, one more time, ladies and gentlemen, the natural born villain, Tim Rockwell, sir. Thank you for coming on tonight. I will post your social media uh, platforms, Tim, on our description below and your WFC information as well. So if people want to get tickets or find out more information, they can uh, just click on those links for you. So thanks again for coming on. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you, man. Thank you so much. Have a great day. All right, everybody, if you're listening, thank you. If you're watching, thank you. And if you haven't, please subscribe, and we will talk to you soon. Hey, this is Total Package, Lex Luger. You're listening to the VOC Nation. Don't miss out. Hey, guys, before we get started, I just wanted to read this commercial because it's an agreement that we made with a really great podcast, and I want to tell you guys all about it. Pro Wrestling Interviews, it features guests who are hot indie stars as well as the greats of the ring. Each week, you can join the amazing Velvet as well as Dr. John as they host this jam-packed hour of interviews, pro wrestling news, and entertaining guests. It's an hour you don't want to miss. Trust me, you don't want to miss it. Every Sunday, 9 p.m. Eastern, just go to ProWrestlingInterviews.com, and it'll take you to their Facebook page where you can get the custom podcast link for that week. Don't miss a second of Pro Wrestling Interviews. That Sunday nights, 9 Eastern, ProWrestlingInterviews.com. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. Check out In The Room. Every Tuesday night at 9, listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Kathy Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you and Ray are there too, right Ray? We sure are, and we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Taku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then uh, pregnant. I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Yo, this is Jerry Stags of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs here. You getting ready to get nasty? Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks. Having started way back in 2010, VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts, and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer The Maestro, former Impact performer Wes Crisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor Brady Hick, and former Philadelphia radio personality Bruce Works. Archive-free content includes past interviews with huge names like Paul Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Jimmy Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Ding, Mick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter at VOCNation. Phil After has been in the pro wrestling business for over 50 years. Hey, talking here with uh, Arn Anderson. Arn, first of all, your height and weight. 6'1", 255. And now subscribers to VOC Nation Premium get exclusive access to Bill After's archived audio footage. And uh, where's your hometown? Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay, and uh, give us something about your back. First of all, your relationship to Ole Anderson. Ole is my... Subscription to VOC Nation Premium starts at just $3 a month.
and includes commercial-free audio and video versions of our top podcasts. Okay, we're speaking here with uh, the manager of the <coughs> World Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, Tarzan Tyler and Luke Graham, and he's... Uh, He's sort of glowing tonight about a new prospect we haven't heard of yet. And for just $9 a month, Aptor's archives are all yours. Uh, would you tell us who this new prospect well, is? Well, I'll tell you, Bill, I've searched the world, and I finally <laughs> found the true world champion. I finally found... What's your opinion of uh, Ivan Koloff winning the title from Bruno San Martino? Well, I think... Uh, I don't know what to say, but I, I want to say one thing there. Bruno was an LA champion, yeah. Hear exclusive interviews with the greatest performers of all time. This is Bill Apter, and once again, we're speaking here with Bruno San Martino. Bruno, first of all, how did you and Bruiser lose that title to the Valiants? Well, actually, it was a, a, a very unusual loss, if you want to call it a did loss. Did didn't have anything to do with this? Well, yes, but the whole thing is this, that the rules, as I always understood them, was that you, the title could only be lost by pin or or submission, which is the same rules as uh, my title, the World War Wrestling Federation. That night, uh, it was... To sign up, it's very simple. Head to premium.vocnation.com or go to patreon.com slash vocnation. VOC Nation takes you behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. This is Matt Hardy, and you are listening to the VOC Nation. 